0: Chapter 7 of the Life and Adventures of Michael Armstrong, the Factory Boy. This is a LibriVox recording. Chapter 7 A Popular Character, More Benevolence, Interesting Intelligence Received with Becoming Animation, A Select Committee, A Farewell Full of Meaning. The person who produced this very powerful effect was a lady not particularly distinguished either by wealth or station but she seemed to possess the faculty of finding her way into every house within her reach whether the owner of it desired her presence or not mrs gabberly was the widow of a clergyman who had formerly been vicar of the parish of st mary's ashley and having made herself the very largest acquaintance that ever was enjoyed by any country lady without a carriage she determined upon continuing amongst them after her husband died as it might have taken her she said more years than she was likely to live before she could expect to make so many friends all over again she therefore on leaving the vicarage contented herself with a very small house as near the town as possible and went on very much as she had done before only having one maid-servant instead of two and contenting herself with a donkey-chair and a very little boy to drive it instead of a one-horse chaise and a steady man-servant of all work considering the wealth and splendor of the neighborhood in which accident had first placed her and to which choice now held her bound it may be looked upon as a matter of wonder that she should have made any intimacies at all but though the vicarage of st mary's ashley was far enough from being richly endowed and the private fortune of the late incumbent not such as to enable him to approach to anything like an equality in his style of living to even the least wealthy among the manufacturers in the district there is still a species of respect for the profession of a clergyman which opens to him and his family the houses of many greatly their superiors in point of wealth and it therefore pretty generally depends on the clergy themselves whether they are on intimate terms with their neighbors or not now mr gabberly or more properly speaking mrs gabberly who in strength of will had ever been his far better half did greatly desire to be on intimate terms with her neighbors rich or poor gentle or simple old or young she was determined to be intimate with them all and she was intimate with them all very intimate one word more and mrs gabberly shall be left to speak for herself which she was certainly able to do with as little impediment of any kind as most people mrs gabberly was the daughter of a physician and from her earliest years had acquired so decided a taste for the theory and practice of medicine that she could never wean herself entirely from it but was thought by many to let it still occupy rather too large a share of her conversation and thoughts Nevertheless, Mrs. Gabberly was exceedingly popular. For though her discourse ran much upon bruises and bowels, rickets and rooms spasms and spines, it ran also upon matters more attractive. If she could not tell what everybody for three miles round had for dinner on the very day on which she was speaking, it was a hundred to one, but she could tell within a cutlet or a hash what they had been all eating for a week before. She knew with an approach to correctness that was perfectly astonishing the amount of everybody's expenditure and everybody's debts could tell to the fraction of a new ribbon how many bonnets each lady consumed per annum and was perfectly au fait of the quantity of corn and hay got through in everybody's stables no flirtation ever escaped either her eyes or her tongue and the morning post was a less faithful record of fine parties than the tablets of her comprehensive memory the dowling family was aware of all this and each in their way had a peculiar value for her society for mrs gabberly knew how to be all things to all men women and children but at the present moment it was sir matthew who felt the most decided movement of satisfaction at beholding her sharp black eyes brisk step and eager manner of reconnoitring every individual present as she entered the room here is my general advertiser thought the knight as he extended his huge hand to welcome her We will have a theatrical representation that shall immortalize my charity, and here is a one that shall act the part of fame, and trumpet it round the country. "'My goodness! What a charming party of you has got all together this morning!' exclaimed Mrs. Gabberly, smiling and bowing, and nodding and curtsying to everybody in succession, all the time that Sir Matthew continued his cordial handshaking. "'Now you must just tell me what you are all about.' or if you don't, I shall die, and there's the truth. No, no, Mrs. Gabberly, you shan't die, if we can save your life, replied Sir Matthew in his most jovial tone. We are a gay and happy party at this moment, I do believe, one and all. And here the knight thought proper to send a glance after little Michael, who, notwithstanding his fine clothes, was looking pale and sad enough, in the most distant corner from the principal group to which he had been able to creep the experienced eye of sir matthew read past suffering and present terror in his speaking features and he cursed the trembling child in his heart of hearts but sir matthew dowling might have removed as many coatings as the grave-digger in hamlet ere the looker-on could have penetrated so far and it must have been a quick observer that could have detected the sort of lurid glare that for half an instant gleamed in the savage look he cast upon the boy it was for no longer space that his joyous gaiety was obscured and he then turned again his admiring glances upon the lady clarissa and resumed his speech this is the person mrs gabberly you must let into the mystery you must entreat her ladyship to be pleased to inform you what it is she's going to make us all do well then i hope her ladyship won't refuse you won't be so cruel will you my lady no certainly replied lady clarissa smiling complacently on the night if Sir Matthew complies with my proposal, I shall have no objection to its being proclaimed to all the world. And here glances were exchanged between the knight and the lady, perfectly intelligible to each other, and which said very distinctly, Ah, Lady Clarissa, on the one part, and Oh, Sir Matthew, on the other. Speak then, my lady, said the gallant manufacturer, with a low bow, and whatever you shall say shall be law. Now then, ladies and gentlemen, all of you give ear for not mrs gabberly alone but every one present should pay attention to what i am about to say and here lady clarissa turned her eyes round about her in search of the hero of the scene where is the little boy said she in a tone of great theatrical feeling come here my dear little fellow said sir matthew again turning his glances towards michael and now looking amiable and benignant with all his might but the child seemed to wither beneath this sunshine even more conspicuously than when he had been left in the shade and it was not till the knight made some gigantic strides forwards to meet him that poor michael formed the desperate courage necessary to bring him from his corner to the spot where his noble benefactress stood nay the last steps were not made without the helping hand of sir matthew which heavily laid upon his shoulder performed a twofold office ostensibly caressing while in truth "'it forcibly impelled the little trembler forward. "'Now then, Mrs. Gabberly,' said Lady Clarissa, "'look at this interesting little fellow. "'It is he who is the hero of our fete, "'Indeed! "'And pray, what may the young gentleman's name be?' "'said Mrs. Gabberly.' "'Is not that delicious?' cried Lady Clarissa. "'Oh, Sir Matthew, how I envy you your feelings! "'Note that, dear Norval. "'The touch is exquisitely dramatic.' and must on no account be omitted this young gentleman mrs gabberly continued lady clarissa with increasing animation this young gentleman as you most naturally call him was a few short hours ago a wretched ragged beggar boy sir matthew dowling from motives that i dare not wound his generous heart by thus publicly dwelling upon has rescued him from poverty and destruction this deed so beautiful in itself and so beneficial in its influence as an example is about to be immortalized as it ought to be by the pen the rapid brilliant touching pen of my young friend mr osmond he has undertaken to dramatize this charming trade of benevolence and our excellent sir matthew has consented to fit up a little theatre for the representation of it at which all the neighbourhood are to be present as invited guests well now if ever i heard anything so delightful as that exclaimed mrs gabberly clapping her hands in ecstasy are the cards sent out sir matthew not yet mrs gabberly replied the knight with his most friendly smile but depend upon it when they are you will not be forgotten well now my dear lady dowling i am sure you are always so kind to me cried the delighted mrs gabberly making her way towards the sofa worse had the lady of the mansion in frowning state i should not wonder if you were to contrive a bed for me on this great occasion it would be just like you and oh my i have got such a quantity of things i want to tell you but i can't stop one instant longer now if you'd give me the whole world so good-bye to you all my dears i've heard something about you miss arabella but it must keep my dear and i've a secret for miss harriet's ear too when we have got leisure but good-bye good-bye good-morning my lady clarissa and away bustled sir matthew's public advertiser to spread the glorious news of private theatricals at dowling lodge throughout the country she paused for one moment however as she passed michael and putting her hand upon his head so as to make him turn his face up towards her she said after looking at him very earnestly well now for a beggar child he is to be sure the genteelest looking little fellow i ever did see but perhaps that may be owing to his being so pale and thin which is certainly a great deal more elegant than fatness and red cheeks though it don't quite seem so healthy oh he is in perfect health i do assure you mrs gabberly as you would have said if you had seen the dear little fellow eating his luncheon with us just now said the amiable sir matthew checking him under the chin but by the way continued the merry knight, i rather suspect that i called him away before he had quite finished and that's what makes him look so doleful isn't it dear well never be ashamed about it go back again there's a darling and don't forget to take a nice bit home to mother and brother do you hear michael pretty fellow how he blushes and here the benevolent sir matthew himself opened the door leading to the dining-room and playfully pushed the darling through it well now again exclaimed the astonished mrs gabberly did ever anybody see such a beautiful spectacle of charity as that and without waiting for any reply the brisk little lady made her exit without further pause or delay of any kind and so completely charged to the top of her bent with wonderful intelligence that she actually suffered from the repletion till half a dozen gossipings had relieved it meanwhile the party she left resolved themselves into a committee of management upon the business in hand mr osmond norval was entreated to urge his eloquent pen with the greatest possible rapidity while on his part sir matthew promised that the necessary workmen should immediately be employed in preparing one of the largest rooms in the house as a theatre when the consultation reached this point lady dowling suddenly rose and left the room but this circumstance did not appear to produce much emotion in any of the party and they remained together in a most delightful state of hubbub and excitement till the heiress grew tired and ventured to hint that she thought it would be best for her to drive home first and then send her carriage back for the accommodation of her noble friend this proposal brought the meeting to a conclusion but not till lady clarissa had confessed in a whisper to sir matthew that she never in her whole life remembered to have taken anything that did her so much good as the delicious grapes he had sent home with her the evening before End of chapter seven